Welcome to Voice Fiction. Meet authors of e-books, audiobooks, and audio drama. Be enlightened by post-production specialists, directors, voice actors, and learn more about the wonderful world of online audio. And now your host, John Tatterzak. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Voice Fiction. This episode is going to deal with the subject of Words Show. With us today, at the table, we have Colin Thornton, Bobby Owens, Glenn Higby, and of course, myself, John Tatterzak. Our guest, and I do mean special guest, Bruce Press is a professional photographer in the Baltimore, Washington area. He has enjoyed podcast fiction pretty much since they began and actively engaged in the podcast community for almost as long. Barry Biddlecom is an associate professor of mathematics and dean at the George Gwinnett College in Georgia. He's a dedicated consumer of tech and fiction podcasts and dreams of having his own podcast if he ever can settle on a topic people want to hear about. Barry and Bruce, we welcome you to Voice Fiction, and we have our questions for you. I believe, I, Colin? I get to ask the first question. It's Colin oh, here. So lucky. Uh, hi, Bruce. Hi, Barry. Hi. Uh, before we get into award shows in general, can you tell us a little bit just about the Parsec Awards? Either well, of you. you go well, the Pars- well, the Parsec Awards are a, an award <laughs> for premier podcasting in speculative fiction. It's awarded once a year since it's finished up its seventh year, first developed by Hugo winning author Mer Lafferty and Michael R. Menengay. Oh, I had it written down and it escaped me. I'm sorry. <laughs> Bruce, can you fill in? Yes. The Parsec Awards are a award that's been given out for the last seven years. It's for excellence in speculative fiction podcasting. It was founded, I'm going to have the same problem that Barry did, by Murray Lafferty, Michael R. Menengay, and Tracy Hickman, I think. And Tracy Hickman. Thank you very much. And we have, we've developed up to, I think we're at 13 categories now to provide a balanced way of competing so that you don't have people who are doing shows like yours competing against full-on on large cast audio dramas. Uh, Barry, can you add anything to that? No, not really. I mean, we've worked very hard to expand it and make it fair and increase the interaction with the community, the involvement of the community, and make it a very engaging sort of uh, event. Yeah, the one other thing I want to mention is while we are an open nomination awards, it is a judged and juried award. So there is an open nomination phase, and then we do requests for, for samples from the nominees. And then there is a preliminary judging. And once we're down to finalists, then we have a panel of blue ribbon judges who are authors and media people and actors and various people who have you know more credentials and, and more reason to be judicious about it that do the final judging. So our awards have a fair amount of credibility. I would say, isn't it originally it was for science fiction, obviously fiction podcasting, this is why it's called Parsec, and then you eventually expanded? Is that what happened? No, no. We kind of started with, we'd begun with horror and we'd begun with fantasy and we just enjoy speculative fiction all across the board. Right. It, it is about the entire world of speculative fiction podcasting. So in addition to storytelling and drama, we also have categories for music 
and comedy and shows that talk about speculative fiction. So, you know, various, uh, like if you had a show that was talking about Buffy the Vampire Slayer and you focused on Buffy the Vampire Slayer, then that would be a, you know, it would be about uh, speculative fiction. But we also have Fact Behind the Fiction. So that brings in some of the science podcasts mm-hmm. and, uh, and other forms of entertainment like comedy and music. Right. Some some of our first winners were things like uh, Infection by Scott Sigler, you know, horror a horror story right there. We've got superhero stories, just just a whole wide gamut of these uh, great pieces of speculative fiction. Excellent. Oh, love it. Love that stuff. Can I ask a question real quick here? What is speculative fiction? <laughs> Whoa. That's, that, that, that's, yeah, that's a big one right <laughs> that's there. That's a big question. You, you tell me what is uh, science fiction and and, uh, you know, we, we might go from there. So, huh. no, it's it's imaginative. It's really about the use of imagination to expand people's viewpoints, to show them things that they might not have seen before. You could see maybe a horror in a family gathering and turn that into speculative fiction. So it's, it's a pretty wide range of stuff. As long as it's speculative and it's fiction, you, you're pretty good. That's a good definition. I like that. Thanks. Okay, let's see. We just did the Emmys recently. Why do we need award shows? Can you guys answer me, Bruce? Well, I think that there's a certain aspect of the process of going through an awards and being recognized by your peers in person in uh, somewhat of an elevated fashion, opposed to getting an email that says, yeah, you won. It adds to it. It's a draw. One of the things that we want to do is we want to have more people engaged in the podcasting community. And I think that having an award show and annual gathering um, of people who are engaged in that community and fans just kind of elevates the the entire discourse. And it gives people kind of a reason to to up their game. You know, every year, you know, you go and you get a thousand downloads and you think, okay, I'm doing pretty good. Um, But then, you know, there's a jury award and you start listening to what other people are doing, what they're producing. And it, it gives you some incentive to up your game. Now, do you guys, do you gather a bunch of these audio drama people in one room like you do at the Oscars or the Emmys, do you do that? <laughs> and, and put them inside and lock the door and see and, who comes and, out. And don't let them out, exactly. <laughs> well, no, I wouldn't say that. I mean, we do issue the open call for nominations. This year, it should be around the end of March sometime. And so people can, anyone can nominate their favorite podcasts. And then we'll go through with a group of semifinalist judges, which includes the steering committee members, to kind of judge which ones qualify, which ones actually have samples, which ones meet the criteria, which ones are you know in, in pretty good shape. And then we'll pass those on to the the judges who will end up you know having some emerge from from the pack and those will be our finalists then we have what we think is probably the best award show in speculative fiction we've been told by many people who have been to hugo awards and other awards of that nature that ours is better than theirs it's a it's a somewhat gala event we have musical entertainment we have presenters and hosts that are from entertainment or from writing this year scott sigler from he has his own podcast obviously but he's also a new york times best-selling author and veronica belmont from uh, a number of different podcasts and television and media were our hosts and our guest presenters were even people we even had doctor who this year as a guest presenter so um so and then and then we have musical guests and we've had people show up in tuxes and stuff so it's uh it's a pretty pretty fun event yeah you do the whole shebang there i guess sounds like where do you hold it at we hold it at dragon con every year that's Labor Day weekend.
weekend in Atlanta. Yes, it's a celebration of pop culture itself, and uh, it has a whole podcasting track that goes through the whole the whole uh, convention. And then the Parsec Awards is kind of one of the highlights of that. Lovely. You brought up criteria. What does a podcast or production have to do to meet the or to be award worthy? If you, if I must, what are the criteria? Sure. The criteria involve things like well, you've got to be in English. Most of our judges uh, <laughs> speak only English, so that's that's kind of tough. <laughs> you have to have, uh, I believe, it's ten or more ten or more episodes for some of our our categories. You've you've got to be have been around. For the, for the year, the material has to be released free of charge. Let's oh, see wow. what else? Well, the, and then the kind of things that they're judged on mm-hmm. is what we call content to category, and that is that the the content of the podcast is closely related to the category that it's been nominated in. That the audio quality is good. That there aren't a lot of peepops, and that there isn't a lot of extraneous noise. That you know, bed music is used appropriately. That the and then obviously you know things like the things that you can't really put a finger on that, whether it's engaging, whether it's, you know, whether the, if it's a story, whether the story's good and things like that and, and how well produced it is, you know, if they're good about not saying um like I am. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, so the, those are the categories for the, for the semifinals judging, the, the finalist judging, they have a little bit more discretion in what they, they judge on because we're calling them in to use their expertise to make some decisions about what of the, we usually bring it down to five within a category, five or six, and then then the finalist judges only have to judge five or six. So in some categories, like I think uh, short fiction, uh, we ended up with, I think within that category, there's like 40 nominees or something like that that submitted samples. And so obviously we're not going to have somebody who has a great deal of stuff on their plate, like somebody like Michael Stackpole or somebody who has, who has mm-hmm. you know, lots of books to get out there and write, give them 40 things and say, here, you're going to spend the next two days listening to podcasts. So we narrow it down to a, a smaller number. And then they have a lot of discretion, but they're also listening for sound quality and quality of the content and things like that. Can I, as Colin speaking, can I interject here with a question? Do, do, you, do you send out the call for entries by email only? Or do you have any kind of audio awards advertisement inviting participants? I'm looking for some, a clip that we might be able to play of yours. Well, we've been we just sat down and talked about uh, schedule to kind of get promos in place. We have asked in the past. You can you can find some past episodes of, of podcasts where we've had people like Scott Sigler and J.C. Hutchins arguing over who gets the Parsec Award, and so so there are promo there are promos out there. We just haven't produced the one for this. Year. Yet. I'm so sad to hear that because we could have played it now. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> How's this for a promo? Nominate your favorite podcast for the Parsec Awards. Nominations open at the end of March. Good job. Fabulous. Glenn? Okay, let's see. I get number four. So good of me. Judging quality can be very subjective. How do you select judges? Very? So we have a number of ones that have been used in previous years that have agreed to, to lend us their ear again for the coming year. So we're pretty happy with the way they work out, quality of work that they do. We have a number of contacts in podcasting and in this, in speculative fiction. And so, you know, between us, we're able to generally find a number of people whose quality we trust, uh, in addition to the ones whose quality we know. You want to add to that, Bruce? Well, I just, I would, I mean, I can throw out some names of people that have, sure. you know, helped us out in the past, like Catherine Asaro, who's a, a longtime science 
fiction author, other podcasters, Veronica Belmont and Summer Brooks. People have been in the podcasting business for a long time. Gail Carriger, who's a, a big steampunk author. And they change every year. We have a growing list of people that we contact to see if they have the time available to, to judge for us. And when we do, we don't advertise that around because obviously we, we try and keep this above board. So so the judges aren't announced for who you know is going to be judging what category. We obviously make sure that nobody's judging a category that they're in. They can recuse themselves if their best friend is nominated. So yeah, we have, we have a very broad uh, selection of people from media and writing and podcasting. And the steering committee is not uh, among those judges. That's cool. Well, actually, I was going to ask you, like, <laughs> that's good that nobody knows who's who, because do you get hate mail? I'm just curious. I mean, for people who didn't win or felt they should have, or maybe even felt they should have been nominated, have you ever gotten any kind of, I guess hate mail would be the right phrase for it, anything like that? Probably, that's probably a little strong. We get yeah. we get complaints and we get, huh. we've had some issues where people had concerns about the body of people that were nominated and things like that. But I don't think, I think hate mail is a little strong. I don't think yeah. we've ever had like any ranty kind of is it because people are seeing repetitive audio people being selected each year over and over? Well, some of it is you've got some really good podcasts out there. And so, I mean, they have a lot of fans. And so these fans will nominate the same podcasts year after year. We do see those names show up, but they don't always make it to the finalist stage or anything like that. So it really depends. I think a lot of it is people are very uh, involved and they want to make sure they want to help us make sure that the selection process is a fair one, is an equitable one, that everyone has a chance to to get their work, their excellent work recognized. So I think it's, it's really a lot of community concern about it. Also, it's, we're not a huge awards. I mean, we aren't the Emmys. We aren't the Academy Awards. So the pool of people for, that get nominated are the pool of people who know what the Parsec Awards are. And I think as each year goes on and our credibility improves, um, not that we have bad credibility, but that, you know, it's, you know, it's a seven-year award now. Now it, it has some credibility in the community and and the number of people who have heard of it expands and our outreach becomes greater. Then you have a broader and broader selection of podcasts that get nominated. And I think that that, that helps as well. And as, as far as like not having the same nominations in the categories as in previous years, because it's a much larger body. What you just said, Bruce, what effects do the Parsecs have on the audio drama community? Well, I, I mean, I know that in the time that I've been part of the Parsec Awards, the quality in general of the submissions we get has gone from the point of you can easily eliminate podcasts based on the quality they're mixing, their bad music, their sound quality, and in many cases, the voice acting, to the point where it's much, much harder. This year, especially in audio drama long form, the submissions were unbelievable. I mean, the quality was astonishing. Both the quality of the audio, the quality of the voice acting, the mixing, the bed, everything was just phenomenal. So I think that the awards and people getting a chance to to see what it takes to win, I think has caused everybody to up their game, to try a little harder and work more towards creating a really quality product. I, I have to agree with, with Bruce. I think um, both the easy availability of per, what used to be professional quality uh, equipment and, and software, I think the, the desire on the part of the community to make a good showing for things like the Parsec Awards, it really has become much more difficult to, to really weed people out at the initial stages. Uh, as Colin is speaking here, uh, do either of you think that audio drama will ever again be 
a mainstream entertainment genre, Bruce? You know, the, it's interesting when you talk about mainstream, given that our choices for entertainment have become so vast and so numerous that they're, you know, the slices of the pie are so much smaller. They're, you know, obviously large blockbuster movies, major TV shows are going to be tough to compete with. But I think that people receiving, consuming audio entertainment, I mean, if you look at like the numbers from audible.com and things like that, they're expanding, they're growing. Everybody with an iPhone can listen to podcasts. So I think that they are growing. I think that there's more people listening to it. And you can see based on the kinds of people that are now involved in producing audio drama, you know, mainline actors are doing voice work in audio dramas now and larger and larger groups like Roddenberry Productions are producing audio drama. So I think, yes, I think however you might define mainstream, I think that there's a place and and a likelihood that audio drama will be there in the future. Good to know. Okay, I have a question for Bruce and Barry there. Producing and putting on an award show is a lot of work. Can you tell us, <laughs> yeah, can you tell us briefly what goes into putting on an award? Uh, somewhat goes into producing the show? Sure. Well, I mean, you know, obviously there's a, well, so, so you need to have something with which to do an award show. You have to have actual awards. So we have to worry about getting the results back from the judges so that we can actually figure out what which podcasts we're going to award. We have to actually order the little statuettes that we have, and they're very nice statuettes, oh. <laughs> uh, The uh, in order to, to get those put together and ready to go. We put together the programs. On top of that, the podcasting track at DragonCon has been very great about giving us space, about handling any special needs that we have. You know, there's electronic concerns, just, just getting the audio and the video working right. DragonCon has been, been great about helping us out with that. There's, you know, one of our major questions every year is, do we want to have a bar? <laughs> so do we want to serve alcohol at the event? Well, I mean, what so, kind of question is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we didn't do it this year, but, you know, we th- we, th- we talked about it. By the way, but, who pays? Well, see, one of the, I was going to say, one of the great advantages mm-hmm. we have in having the Parsec Award show at DragonCon is we don't have to rent space. And a lot of this stuff is done as part of DragonCon. So it does substantially reduce our costs. And we, obviously, we don't pay our presenters or our hosts. And they put in, to, to give a lot of credit to our hosts, the last two years, it's been Veronica Belmont and Scott Sigler. And they actually coordinate, once we have the, the schedule of events, the schedule of presentations, they go to work and they've written their own dialogue. They've written a program, you know, so that there's a thread going through the presentations. And so really, we've been lucky and had some really phenomenal people be our hosts for our MCs for the awards. Since we're at DragonCon, it also creates some problems. Sometimes our presenters have other things they have to be at. And so there's like shuffling and things that has to go on on the day of. And also we arrange for musical guests so that there's entertainment. So our guests aren't just sitting there listening to a bunch of, you know, dry thank you speeches. They're also getting musical entertainment and comedy. And there's even been some magic and other things that have gone on at our shows. So uh, we try to make a very well-rounded experience so that somebody who's at a convention where there's a lot of other things demanding their time has a reason to come and, and sit down for an hour and a half 
and and find out who wins these awards. And but actually, who pays for the awards? Because there is some cost, even though you're at Dragon Con. Like, who pays for the statues and incidental things? Well, it's not incidental, but things like that. Right. We've done some fundraisers. Uh, we did a uh, an auction last year. We didn't end up doing an auction this year. This year, we sold pins. So we, we do various things to, to raise money. It does not come from the... Well, so every, every winner gets a statuette. And what we found is that, especially like a podcast like yours, maybe everybody wants their own statuette. So we've started ordering more statuettes for other people on the podcasts and and those are paid for by the by those people. So right, regular the by- award shows they do that. Yes, that's yeah. how they do in the regular award shows. So that makes sense. Right, we don't pay for those. So yeah, so I mean it's we it's kind of creative. It's however we think we can make some money to to pay for this stuff. Sure. And it's and it's not it's not you know we, we're trying to keep it so it's not super expensive because it shouldn't be about money. Yeah. Uh, Glenn, I believe you have a question. I was just curious if either Bruce or Barry could you guys describe to me best award for audio drama for the 2012 season? Do you remember one or can you mention any? The best award? Well, who won the best award for audio drama? I guess, do you have a best story uh, award? No, no, not really. I mean, so it kind of depends on what people are interested in. Like a lot of people, for example, are more interested in, you know, short story kind of things. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Some people are really interested in kind of more factual based, like genre, you know, what's going on in in genre uh, today. So there's just all kinds of different, different categories. Right. So the long form audio drama, which some might say is our premier category, because that is the one that takes the most effort. It's a generally a large cast and it creates a lot of production. Oh. This year it was Star Trek Outpost was uh-huh. the winner of that category by Tony Raymond and Daniel McIntosh. But all the finalists in that were spectacular. But we also have things like, you know, a speculative fiction magazine or anthology where week after week after week, somebody is producing stories and somebody is getting stuff out there. You know, things like uh, the Drabblecast is producing a new story every week and it's by various authors. Also things like Escape Pod, which is one in other years. Uh, this year, Tales from the Archives Volume 2 by T. Morris and Pitt Ballantyne won. And what they're doing is they have the Ministry of Peculiar Occurrences is their like playground. That's their, their, their novels that they're producing. And what they allow is other people to write stories in that world and they produce them as a podcast to put out. You know, it's it's all kinds of things. We have the best banner news podcast. Best, so uh, oh, okay. this year it was Rebel Force Radio, which was all about Star Wars. That was oh. the in the specific category. And then the, the general category, which is kind kind of like you can talk about anything having to do with genre. This year was Nights at the Round Table by Ash Farbrother. And and they just, you know, a couple of guys having a very entertaining talk with a little different subject every week. So there's all kinds of things. That's Some incredible. of them, uh, we, yeah, and we have one of the other ones is actual about content creation. So it's people talking about the process of creating content. And in this year, it was Story Forward by J.C. Hutchins and Steve Peters, where they were talking about the, the process of writing. And that's what their podcast is about. It's wow. about genre writing. That was that category. I guess, Cap, you have a chance to uh, to get an award one day with this cool show we're in. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Gary, uh, uh, Bruce, uh, we're getting down to close to the uh, end of our show here. Is there anything that we may have skipped? Anything well, think, you'd like to add? Yeah. Well, I think what I, what I would like to add is that we are trying to grow the Parsec Awards, have a greater reach, and have more a higher profile for it. So any of your listeners who listen to any podcast that have pretty much anything to do with science fiction, fantasy, speculative fiction, comedy, music, content creation, nominate those podcasts 
podcast. Get them out there. You know, it, elevate the profile of that podcast that you love, and by the same token, elevate the profile of Parsec Awards so that we're more widely recognized. Well, I know. Uh, I believe Misfits Audio has a award from the Parsecs Awards that we were nominated, and yes. so we actually put a little award up there showing people that one of our shows was nominated and it got into the final. What show? It was the uh, Star Rabbit Tracks. No way. Ah. From Misfits Audio. Excellent. Wow. I right. like that. I wish I had gotten an award. And I think uh, uh, there was another nomination, but didn't it didn't make it out. So. Right. Well, like you said, you know, we all can't get up in the line, but we were very pleased with that. So Thank anyways, you. ladies and gentlemen, we are getting close to our time to call it quits for tonight or the day, whichever it may be when you folks are listening. So we wish to thank you both for being here and spending some time with us and explaining what the Parsec Awards are. Well, we're th- we thank you for having us. Thank you very much. Bobby, any uh, last comments? Uh, Bruce, how do we uh, reach you if we wanted to reach you? Or anybody Uh, wants to reach you? Right. Well, um, any of us can be reached at ParsecAwards.com. And there's a contact us on there. And that goes to the committee. Myself, I am BruceFPressPhotography at gmail.com. BFPPhoto on Twitter. On Facebook, I'm BruceFPressPhotography. And Barry? And uh, again, I can be reached through the Parsec Awards site. I am BBiddlecombe at gmail.com. And I really don't look at anything else. (laughs) Thank you, guys, very much. Colin? The only thing I'm wondering is from Bruce, and this may betray my age, what is steampunk? (laughs) So steampunk as a genre, well, betraying your age, if you remember the the original Wild Wild West TV show or or 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. uh, It's the idea that an alternate history of the 19th century where steam-powered high-tech kind of takes over and... It's been a very popular genre in the last, say, five to ten years, especially with people doing costuming and stuff. So it has that kind of excitement of, say, like the original TV Avengers, but with a sort of retro technology, uh, lots of gears and steam-powered gadgets and things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I gotcha. Cool. Sort of a, a retro futurism. Yeah. Exactly. Mm, sound okay. like 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. Glenn, have you got anything left? No, it's nice to meet you guys. Thanks so much for chatting with us today. Yeah, really. Thank thanks. Thanks, Bruce. Thanks, Barry. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, this will end our voice fiction show on the subject of award shows. And we thank you all for being here. Have a nice evening. Good night. This is your announcer, Joe Stopko, for voice fiction. The opinions expressed during roundtable discussions are that of individuals and do not necessarily reflect the position of voice fiction. This episode is copyright 2013, Voice Fiction Productions. For full disclaimer and privacy policy, visit voicefiction.com. Thanks for listening. Until we meet again.